There we go. How about that? There we go. <laughs> I'm live. All righty. That was fun. <laughs> it was fun last week. Uh, you know, uh, Bill, when we were praying in the circle, prayed some prayers about protection for Karen and I and some things that were coming and things like that. And I thought, well, that was nice. And then uh, Steve, when we got up there, uh, pray, you know, uh, actually quoted a scripture as one who was really impressed by him that's on our website, and it speaks about covering one another and, you know, and loving and protection and lots of different things such as that. And I, I thought that was kind of nice too, but I found out during the week why I got those scriptures. So it was a real hard week. Uh, had a few different things come against me. And so I, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. What... Uh, and I think I want to talk about it first by saying this. In review, what was the one thing I said, uh, it's from the Old Testament, was about faith. What was the primary root of where we get the word faith from? What was the attribute? Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, we're, if we talked about in the Old Testament, we talked about, we talked about faith and the word that was used for faith. What was the word? Do you remember? Huh? It's a pack, yeah. It's a, an understanding or covenant. Yeah, it's the root of the word covenant. And I, 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 and I want to, as I speak about faith, and I, I have to say to you this, what I maybe should have said the intentions first of all. I'm talking about faith, and there's been a lot of teachings about faith, and a lot of people in the church believe a lot of different things about faith. And my intention here, and has been over the last couple of weeks, is really to tear down what you think faith is. Just completely annihilate it. And to let, look at the scriptures and let the Lord speak to us what is faith and what it isn't. Now, that's made some people really mad. It's made other people very uncomfortable. Good. That really gets me back to the very first thing that we started with, covenant. Faith comes from the, is, is a covenant. And that's where we get faithfulness. Faithfulness first with God and then with one another. Faithfulness when we, when we have a relationship with one another and with God and things don't go the way we think they should go or people say things the way we don't think they are, they have a difference of opinion, then we have a covenant with them. We stick with them and see them anyway. Some of the things I ran across this week, people really had a problem with that. I, I, uh, it's kind of... You know, you expect it in the world, but you don't expect it so much in the church. In the world, I had it as well. I, I, have, a, I have a friend of mine that I met on vacation a couple of years ago. Total opposite man than me. He, but he is a good, very good character. Uh, he is a super progressive, socialist, communist almost, if you ask me. Totally opposite of me. Uh, a very intellectual, probably opposite of me too. Uh, but a very good man. And we disagree on lots of stuff, but we really have a lot of fun talking about it. Well, he had a blog on there, and I'm reacting to his blog. And because I'm different than everyone on his blog, because everyone on his blog is black and I'm the only white person on there, they had real issue with the things I was saying and started saying I'm prejudiced and this, that, and the other. And it was very interesting to watch him come to my rescue over and over and over again. Excuse me, you don't know him, I do. This is who he is and this is who he is. What's happening? When a person disagrees with someone, they put upon things on them that aren't true. They begin to do, you know, character assassinations. They made me out a racist on them. I'm not a racist. 
I love black people. I love all people. And so he went to begin to stand up and be able to show that that's who I am. And that's what I'm not and how they had read things totally wrong. I see that in the church today, too. So I really, I really believe that we really have to really understand this covenant thing. This covenant thing with God and with one another is a really a trust issue that says that we go through the fight and the battles and things and, and, and are good with it. You know, from faith comes character. We all know that. What is character? Most people in the church believe that character is a matter of acting right all the time, that you never do anything wrong, that you never say a cuss word, that you never do this, that, or the other. True, it is part of character. But the bigger, more greater part of character is covenant or trustworthiness or faithfulness to one another. You know, it says it's impossible to please God without faith. It's speaking to this portion of it as well. You know, if we're in a battle and this is a war and God's called us into this particular war, I'd rather have a guy that cusses next to me than one who runs off in the middle of battle. I'd rather have one that may not be dramatically correct or perfect and know everything he is, but that I know that no matter what happens, they'll be there to back me. That's who I'm looking for. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for a people that will not turn and run when things don't go the way they want. And so when we talked about faith, we talked about covenant, but the next thing we talked about, it is about what? The king, isn't it? The second thing about faith was it's about the king and his kingdom. And what was a real problem for a lot of people to hear, for two different reasons, is that particular statement. When you begin to tear down what faith is and begin to look at it real closely, first thing that happens, some people get nervous and upset because it's something they're not really sure of and they think they have to hang on to it and believe it all the way into being, you know. And, and, and if you talk about something like that, because they really don't have a faith that rests in them, that comes, that it, it hasn't been worked all the way through them, they get upset. The other reason is when they talk about faith, they begin to think it's something about themselves. You know, it's, it's about getting the things that God promised me and, and I want. Is it about that? Sometimes it is, if God told you. Sometimes, as uh, 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 was spoken about today, uh, it, 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 uh, Kendra's dream, like, for example, Kendra's dream, if we look at Kendra's dream, it's talk about the second story, which means it's about a witness and who's done four or five times, means that because she went through a hard, hard testing, that God is about ready to give her a new anointing for what she asked she'll receive. That didn't just come. She had, to, she had to fight cancer off of that. She had to fight different things that didn't go the way she wanted them to or believed them to at first until finally they did. Then God ended up blessing her. And from that is going to have a greater blessing. She's going to get some, some new authority. So we looked at Hebrews and we took it apart and we saw that faith wasn't about receiving the things you wanted. It was about being faithful and believing God in his kingdom. What's his kingdom? It's his rule and reign. So when we say we have faith, what? We're talking about having uh, faith in God, not of circumstances. We're, ha we're talking about believing his rule and reign in our lives and in the situation, that his kingdom is greater than the kingdom of this earth. His kingdom is what the earth sits upon. 
his word and what he's spoken to me. And that is the true reality. We really believe that. We don't have to fight for God to be taking care of us. Do we ever pray for those things? Yeah, we do. We ask for the different things that God gives us. We're we're called to do that. We look at the word ask in the scriptures, and and a lot of people, uh, one of the conversations I had this week about asking, they says, well, it says demand. Don't you believe you can demand of God what you want? Do you guys believe you can demand of God what you want? No. No. Because I have a problem with that because that would make me God and him my, my, my fetch, and, fetch and get a boy. But it does use a word that's different than that in there. It's ask, and it can be pretty loud ask. If you look at the scriptures and what it says in, in the Greek, it's, it's ask, and it goes up to quite a level. But it doesn't go to the place of demand. The scriptures use a different word for demand in there, uh, and, and that's quite different. So... Because I, th- I think it's just so darn important that we get that this thing is about commitment to one another and to commitment with God. It's about being faithful with God and faithful with one another. It's about believing the good and the best of someone, not the worst. I think that's the thing that one of the biggest parts of faith is. It's about being in fellowship. Now, the other one, the other, I can't remember who was up uh, that had that uh, that dream where the people were missing in between. Who was that? That was very, very good because, you see, there are people missing. God does fill the spot, but the idea is that we're supposed to be filled. We're supposed to be there. Where are those people at in the church as a whole? A lot of them are out there because they haven't found things exactly the way they think it should be. You know what? Could I be wrong? Yeah. Could I be wrong on faith? Yeah. I don't think I am, and I love to talk to anybody about it that disagrees with me. I love it. It's fun. It really is. I actually one of those that enjoy that. That's why I actually dial it. A dialogue with a group of progressives, because I certainly don't believe hardly anything that they think. But I, I, I grow and I learn by listening to them. So it's good to listen to a different point of view. I can, they change after talking to me a little bit, and I change after talking to them. Some good happens there. And it's the same thing with dialogue in the scriptures. There's lots of different things and lots of different depths and dimensions of what we understand about things. But I wanted to look at there, and Hebrews was very, very clear. It's about sure of the things you hope for and things unseen. It was about sure about God and the kingdom. Those were the unseen things. It was a direct subject of it. And we looked at a lot of different things, and we looked in the scriptures and says that it didn't come out the way that we thought. Okay, let's go. Um, let's go to this a little bit. Is it not working again? Oh, just in time. Oh, fun. Must be cable, huh? We're having real problems with that. Well, no, it's it's as long as it's green, it's okay, because <laughs> that means when he's ready to put something on. Um, let me ask you something else. This understanding of faith and it being about God and His kingdom and about uh, not about us. What does that make you guys think about? Does that, that cause friction with any of you in here? Because I'd like to just talk about that a little bit if it does. Most people that, uh, the, the conversations I had this week, they were very, very insistent that you have to believe things in the being. And they quote scriptures that says, that, you know, it's by faith you're healed. Well, I think they're quoting them. It's by your faith you're healed. 
not by your faith that you're healed. You hear the difference in that? If it's by your faith that you're healed, it is what? Works. It's a works. If it's dependent upon you, on how hard you believe and how hard you pray, then it's not dependent upon faith. It's dependent upon you. And it is dependent upon faith. What is the difference? What is the difference on faith? Then what really is faith? The reason why I talk this out is the most, probably one of the most, it's the most important thing in the kingdom to understand. And I think so, so often we don't really understand what it is. How do you get that thing settling in you, what faith is? Faith to me is about something that settles in you. It's a belief that you have a choice to believe or not to believe. It is my responsibility to believe what God's planted in me. It's not my responsibility to manufacture what's that. It's my responsibility to believe it and my responsibility not to disbelieve it. Can you disbelieve things? Let me give you a couple examples. I may have mentioned it to you. Stop me if you do. I've said to different people in different situations. When I was married before and when I got separated, the Lord said something clear to me. He says, I'm going to heal your family. I hurt really well. I translated in my heart, I'm going to heal your family, that your wife's going to come back, and your kid's going to come back. You'll have your kids, wife and kids back, and it's going to be this great family. And I believed it. I believed it with the fervor that you can't believe. I believed it for about four years. I believed it three years after my wife had remarried. I believed it. I forgot the other scripture. I forgot Deuteronomy that said that, no, that's a defiled thing to marry someone to come back to you. It's defiled. I choose not to see that scripture. I believed that thing, and I believed it as much as I could. So when that didn't happen the way I thought it did, what happened to me? My hope was in the promise, not the promise giver. And the problem that came with that is that I had to go through a little battle to come out of that. Well, what's, well God is not answering the prayer the way I thought it. it didn't answer my prayer, but did he? A couple years later, I decided that God wants me to be single. You know, I, I got it that that wasn't going to happen. God wants me to be single. And about the time I came to that, God said real clearly, no, I haven't called you to be single. Oh, okay. About two months later, I met Karen. Six months later, we're married. Nine months after that, we got custody of my kids. When I met her, I told her that. I said, you know, I'm going to have custody of my kids. Now, go back, how well, many years ago? Is that 25 years ago? They didn't give custody, custody of kids to fathers. You know, they just didn't do it. Just, you know, they don't do it now very much either. You have to be pretty bad to have that happen. But God said that to me. I had a choice to believe that or not. It, 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 I chose to believe it, and I hung on to that thing. I didn't fight for it. I didn't demand it. I didn't do anything else. I just knew that God in his character wanted to bless me. Didn't know how it was going to work. I figured out I don't know how to work. things <laughs> work out like that. And it was an amazing thing. It was a parting of the Red Sea type of issue when it happened. But sure enough, I got custody of my kids. I spent 14 years in court totally for my kids, 14 years. I stopped counting at $100,000. It went way over that. But he did what he said he'd do in a way that was unbelievable. He actually 
He actually, he actually had the guy she's married, kids, come to me the, uh, the weekend before and say, this is what's happening in the home. Every time you want to come over, they make sure they're not there. When you go on vacation, make arrangements, they say yes, then they make sure you're not there. They do this in the home, they do that in the home. And he went to court with us, his oldest son, and actually told all that stuff. At the same time, that morning before court, I talk him to the man, and he's telling me how he just believes in God now, and he's saved, and he's going to be a pastor. And as he's talking, I get a vision, a moving picture vision of a demonic being speaking through him. He goes into court. They say this stuff, and he says he can't put his hand on the Bible because he's not being allowed to swear on the Bible. And he went off. I got custom in my kids. Impossible to do. Impossible. But he did it. But I believed him. I didn't demand from him. And I chose to believe him and not to disbelieve him. God promises you different things. It's not your job to beat God and to do it. We're supposed to ask. Continually ask for stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But be careful how you ask because sometimes he'll give it to you just because you ask enough. You really want his heart. Why? Because you understand this basic principle that God's a good God. That he wants the best for you. That, that's his intention. So what do you do with this other stuff? Why do we have all these trials? I want to go to, um, let's see if I can find it real quick. It would be, um, it's Romans 5, 3.5. It's the tenth slide. It's the last slide. Next. There we go. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope, or faith. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured on his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Okay, now we've went over the scripture before for a lot of different things, and, uh, and this is a process for character. And I actually put down the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Greek definition on the bottom, what the word is transferred, uh, translated hope. Or faith, as you notice, notice, it's translated both those ways: faith or hope. And 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 the reason I want to look at this, you know, there's a process here. Suffering. Now we said that suffering, when we talked about this before, suffering was that process of testing and trying and going through different things, and they're not working out very well for you. You know, and it says, okay, well, this is process. Things are not working out very well for you. Produces uh, perseverance. You know, stick-to-itiveness. Persevere, persevere, that's where stuff gets faith. Stick to it in this, okay? And this stick to it is a character and character faith. Well, I got looking at that. Well, that's a crazy different order for faith, isn't it? And then I, did, and then I began to look at it and I began to understand this fact that it's that process of those things that we think, like the different times that I believed things are going to be and they didn't end up being, developed my true faith. Well, why would things not working out? Why would suffering and why would trials and problems like that bring that about? And, and what I really feel the Lord's saying in that thing is because the process of that tells you what is reality of the kingdom and what isn't. What is basically your wishes and what you think. It says, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge and the things you think God's saying and truly what it is. Because when it goes through this, when you go through all these type of trials of persevering when things don't work out, I mean, that's the whole context of this, when things aren't working out and the character things and this faith comes, your faith is in the king and his kingdom. 
So if I was to say anything that what I teach about faith, it has to be in the king and his kingdom. The king and his kingdom. It's not about getting the things you want. Now, I've had people really upset with me talking about that. They're really upset with me because they, they think I'm going to steal away the things they want to get. And the, one of these same people said to me, you know, when they were praying about it, he says, you know, I really believe the Lord's saying that you lost your first love. I thought, and this was a, not an argument, by the way. This is a conversation. And it was a good conversation, one I asked for, not someone else's volunteer. It was someone I asked for. And I had to think about that because, you know, I'm always looking, you know, for things like that. And I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And then I really believe the Lord said this. They're speaking what's in their own heart. Because, you see, the thing was that particular person had lost their first love. The first love is the king and his kingdom. And in, in place it was about getting the beliefs and the things that they wanted. Now, the reason that they could never understand it, I didn't tell them this either. The reason they couldn't understand it was because the things that they wanted was godly things. The things they wanted was ministry stuff. The things they wanted money for was ministry stuff. So it was hard for them to understand that. But do you understand this? We talked a lot about the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, it was man's attempt to be like God that they touched that tree. It wasn't to go into sin. It wasn't to do bad things. It was to be like God. And when it says the day you touch that, you shall surely die. What? Because you lust for your first love, which is you know, the tree of life. They left it for the second tree, the tree of getting for themselves the things of the kingdom in their own timing, in their own ability. That's a big difference. That's a hard difference to see. I don't know if I'm making this clear, especially when it's so tightly held because people, one, are afraid to believe uh, if you question in the way they think, it's going to fall away. Well, if you, if, you, if you question that stuff, then it's based upon your strength. It's a work. The fear comes out, and the more they fight it, it comes out to the point of this. God showed me. It comes out the reason they fight and, and, and so angry about it is because that's how much of them is still left. You know, dead people don't have reactions. Yes. You know, if, if you're really dead to that stuff and it's all about God, you don't have the same reaction. You know, and they might argue with me. Their argument would be, well, that was holy anger. I doubt it. They didn't argue with me because I didn't tell them. But that, I'm, I'm just talking about down the line. So here we have a thing of faith is a very, very close thing. It's hard to see. And it's see by the practice of having things not go the way they want. Get tested by God. Suffering also the other, I didn't put it in there, but it's also says testing. Uh, and the idea of trying things, trying the things of your soul, suffering Okay, and then when the suffering goes through, it produces this, you know, this stick to it, this covenant thing, this perseverance thing. It's per- perseverance is, is uh, its fruit is character because you stick to, you, you hang into it, and the and character, the hope, and the faith. That faith doesn't disappoint you, as the scripture said, where otherwise, because God won't disappoint you. The reason you can let go about trying to hang on and make these things happen the way you think God wants them to be. It's because he's a good God. That's his heart to bless you. He wants to bless you. He just loves to bless you. He loves to give to us. You don't have to. You don't have to. I, I mean, it's the same thing we run into when people look at the scriptures. So many people, in so many years, I've got to say myself, I'd look at the scriptures, and I'm afraid to read these other scriptures that are seemingly contradictive to what I read somewhere else because I was trying to take care of and not lose faith. 
I, the same thing I would do with, you know, I would not, I'd be afraid to ask God for things because if it didn't come out the way I want, then I would lose faith. That isn't what faith is about. We read in Hebrews, these people did not receive the things that were promised to them. Part of it's talking about the salvation because together we're going to receive with them. But a lot of it was they got slaughtered in two and died. Let's, let's hit with, uh, um, that would be uh, slide six, and this is uh, verse 31, 11, 31. Get that? Okay. Off one. There we go. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall we say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle, and routed foreign armies. Stop for a second. Okay, this is the scripture about faith. What was the subject of this part? War. Isn't it? You know, subject? These people, by faith, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of the line, quenched fury flames, escaped the edges of sword, turned his weakness into strength, were powerful in battle, and rooted foreign armies. The whole Old Testament talks about battle all the way through with occasional times of rest. We seem to think that the kingdom of God is about a whole time of rest and everything goes well with an occasional battle. But it's not what the scriptures show us. It's not about peace. not about peace. It's about dominion. What was the first thing he said in Genesis? Go take dominion of this earth. That was the thing that we were commanded to do. Why? For the king. This land, earth, was given to us. He said it before they fell and after fell. He says, I, after fell, he says, you know, I, I gave you all the seed-bearing things. Now I'm giving you the, uh, the, the animal things as well. He gave us dominion over every single thing. God is not an Indian giver. He doesn't give something and then take it back because we didn't do it well. He gives it. His gifts are what? Irrevocable. Okay? So if he got this irrevocable gifts that he gave to us, this earth, how is he going to get it back? You is how he's going to get it back. He's going to go take it back. He gave it to you. He's not an Indian giver. He doesn't go give things. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say Indian giver. That's, I guess, politically incorrect. Uh, sorry. I say, that my, to my, I say that to my First Nation friends. You know, I'll be an Indian giver. They laugh. You know, but... It, it, it's a, it, <laughs> hope I get out of that somehow. Yeah, I think I'm digging it deeper, aren't I? God gives something, he gives it over. That's why we're called the army, Joel's army. That's why we're called the last day's army. That's why you take a look in the book of Revelation and it's war. War is pouring out. Yeah, God's going to come and help us because we couldn't do it ourselves. But he's not going to sit there and as we sit here and sing kumbaya, come and fix it all for you. Believe me, he's not going to do it. Have you seen that anywhere in your life? You don't see it anywhere in life. Nowhere does God take away your problems and your trials and make everything good. It's a battle. It's a change that you are the foot soldier for. 
He is that way. You want a job, you've got to sit home, and God's going to drop a good job in my mind. So he does that sometimes, especially he does it when we're babies, just like when a baby cries and you give him a bottle because he has no capability to do that. But it's somewhere along the line he expects you to be able to get your own food, expects you to go out and be able to hunt, kill, and eat. You know, the, the church today, I talked to a kind of a crazy friend of mine that I don't totally agree with either. I like, I like people that I don't totally agree with all the time. But this is a very good man, and, and he talks about battle, and he talks about men. He says, you know, the men become wimps. The wimp, women go outside the church to marry because the men are wimps. They aren't willing to fight. It's true. It's true. I'm no wimp. I'm not. And I don't raise wimps. I'm a father. You're in here. I'm not going to raise you as a wimp. You're going to learn how to stand up and fight male and female alike because that's our call. That's what we're called to do. We're called to take dominion. We're called to bring the kingdom of God into being here. We are the what? Ambassadors. We are soldiers. We are whatever word you want to use for the case. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called. That's what we're made for. We will have peace and that's why it talks about, you know, all the, wipe every tear away and all the pain will be removed and all the good things when we come into heaven, the time of rest. That's the rest we're talking about. We get occasional visions of it, occasional touches of it right now, but it's war. You've got to get ready for war. Let me tell you what, if you're just sitting there, it's not, the, you know, it's not going to not have war in your life. The enemy's stealing from you stuff all the time. We sit there and we want to think, well, he's got to give us seven things back. No, you've got to take it back. When have you ever found a thief hand something back to you? When? You beat him over the head. You beat him over the head, you take it back. That's exactly how you get the thing back. Huh? Christian thief may give it back. And they, they, they may, too, you know. Our weapons, he says, our weapons are not the weapons of the world. But we do have weapons. We do have weapons, and we use those weapons. We have to learn how. I had a friend of mine who had a dream uh, about two nights ago, and in his dream, it was a self-conditioned dream. In his dream, there was somebody coming in the house, and, and his wife had to help him out of bed. He couldn't get out of bed. And his, he, he pulled out a shotgun, but it found it was all rusty. That's the condition of the church today. Yeah. We got the weapons. Yeah. We just don't know how to use them. They're all rusty because they haven't been used. Because we're afraid to use it because what will happen? You know what? It's just like when they went in the promised land. whole generation of them didn't make it. Why? The giants were big. We're afraid of them. Let me put this in language for you guys today. The demons are big and you're afraid of them. You're not going to go to battle. Guess what? There's no rest for them. He says, I will never let them enter in. No rest. Does that make you uncomfortable, guys? I hope it does. You know? I hope it does. I hope it, go prove me wrong. Go find the scriptures and prove me wrong. You know? And that's, that, or let's talk about it. Because I, I want to talk about it. I may change my view a little bit if you have something else in that. The scary thing is when we think it's somewhat about us. And then we think that we, you know, that we can have to get something. It's about the kingdom. Beginning to end. That's what it's about. It's about the kingdom, the king, his righteousness, and his rule and reign in our lives. Why do we want this land? First of all, the whole, according to the scriptures, this whole land lives. Trees live, land lives, rocks even can cry out. 
past our understanding. But all those things do. Yeah. And it says if we don't do our job, they will. But it's a bigger issue. It's for the love of man, too. It's that two-way thing, love the Lord and love man. It's that if they cannot see him, have you ever noticed you go to certain areas and, and, and they can't see, they, they can't hear you when you talk to them about God? Different areas, they can hear them much better. Bible belts, you usually can hear better. You know, you go even to Orange County, you can hear a lot better. There's things over certain land that are very, very important that, that have silenced our ears and people's ears to be able to hear. Our job is to clean those things off where people are able to hear. We're able to move in uh, to relationship with them. And we have to be ruthless with it. This brother gave me a, a, a scripture before here. I, can't, I forgot your name. I'm sorry. Angela. Angela. He gave me a scripture. I think it was Numbers. And it was talking about that. It was, a, it was a, a thing that was saying that they need to get rid of all the inhabitants or the enemy out of the land. Remove all the inhabitants so you can fully possess. Otherwise, they'll come back and they'll cause you destruction. We have to be that way. With, with issues in our own life, issues in the land and issues in the people, we're called to do that. We're called to do it not by beating people up. Because remember, it's not flesh and blood we fight against. It's principalities. It's spiritual realms. That's what we have. And that's why we're given spiritual weapons to do warfare with those things. That's what we're called to do. This scripture here is talking about warfare. Go ahead and read the rest. Women, Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Does this sound like the church? Does this sound like the message of the church today? Uh, jeers, floggings, uh, uh, sawed in two. I think they would think that you didn't claim it enough. You didn't have enough faith. When this is the scripture on faith right here. These are men of faith. These are examples of faith. They did not get receive what they asked for. They had bad things happen to them. Good people have bad things happen to them. Men and women of God have bad things happen to them. Cain and Abel, get a clue. Get a clue. It's not about how good your life is. It's about the kingdom. Why were they willing to be uh, uh, for a better resurrection, doesn't it say? It's for a better resurrection they hung in there. It's for a better resurrection that they lived that life out. They went through the trials and testings of that. Now, if this is not something you want to go through, you're not alone. I don't either. I don't want to. I'm not stupid. Who wants to be sawed in two? Who wants to be persecuted? I don't want that to happen. I hope it doesn't. But I have to be willing. And I have to ask when I'm not willing, say, God, make my heart willing to be able to be so focused on you and your kingdom that it's not about my personal comfort. Can you say the least that's not about your personal comfort? It has nothing to do with your personal comfort. They were all commended for their faith. 
These were the heroes of the scriptures. They did not receive the things. It was not about them. It was not about their copper. It was about the kingdom. Does God want you to have a neat home, a new home? I believe so. I believe God wants to bless you that much. Oh, yeah, I do. I really do. God's blessed me. I've had times, as Paul says, of great blessing and little. And what do you learn from that? It's about the kingdom. It's another way of saying it. It's about the kingdom. It's not about whether I have a lot or a little. It's about the kingdom. He learned to be happy with a lot. Happy with a lot. Now, some of that bugs people. When somebody gets a lot, they're bugged with it. Man, you better, you want some for yourself? You better pray for that. You better pray that, oh, that, thank you for that blessing on that person. You know, when I got shot a few times this week, they shot me with the arrows that were their own. But some other Christian probably wounded them with some time during the law. You know, when it talks about, take, if you got a, a uh, you want to take that log out of someone else's eye, take the splinter on your own. It's both talking about wood, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, it's the same thing. You want to take the thing out of the other eye, the problem is, is because it's so much a problem in your own life, you want to take it out of the other eye. So you suck at somebody and really get burned about them or something, how they are, they, 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 they're too this or that or the other. That's a little thing to tell you that's a problem you've got in your life. It's a good hint. Good. Learn it that way, okay? i got to deal with this. i got a real problem with it. I'd look at that. If I'm really bugged about something, why am I so bugged about it? Yeah. You know, I, I, Rick Joyner, I, I, I loved his, his book. I, I, know, I believe he's kind of gotten down the wrong road right now. But, but I loved him the thing, one of the things when they were, were talking about uh, the vision he had. I think the vision was accurate. And it was the Christian, wounded Christians that were wounding the others. Yeah. They thought they were in God's army. They were actually encamped, imprisoned by the enemy. And what they were shot with, they shot other people with. The judgments that people just said and judged them, they judged other people with. When somebody says, you're not good enough, let me tell you what. I am looking for people that are willing to fight and will stick by me and stick by the Lord. And, and just because I say something that they don't like or they may not agree with or is even wrong, that they don't lose, break faith with me. Remember, it's breaking faith. It's faithfulness, being faithful to one another, being faithful to God. And if that's the root of what, of what faith is, then it isn't talking about you, is it? It's talking about being faithful. It's talking about being faithful with God and listening about his kingdom. Because that's what we said. We said, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm a bondservant of you. You know, it's, it's true. He elevates us to the other things as well, but we never stop being a bondservant. The Apostle Paul never stopped calling himself a bondservant. The guy who wrote most of the New Testament never stopped calling himself a bondservant. Yet he was a son. You know, he took on the thing of the other. That's like Jesus, though he was, he was uh, God himself, he took on humanity. He did not consider equality with God was something to be grasped. Neither do we. We don't have to sit there and say, I'm this great, except when it comes to this. When you have your attacks against you, and you will, as I have had mine, they're always going to attack what? What does the enemy attack most? Your faith. Your faith and who you are personally. Why did, why did the people attack me personally? There was other stuff they said, and they weren't trying to be attacked. I give you my word. The people I talked to were not trying to attack me, except the world people, the people on the blog. They were trying to destroy me. They're, they, were, they were intellectual fascists. If they don't agree with you, they're going to destroy you. You see that? 
too much today. Why, why did they attack me? You know, why does it, why does it bother them so much? You know, that's the thing you have to, have to ask yourself. These are all commended. They look for something better. We don't have to work this thing up. We have, if you trust God, a faith that will come to its surface. As the trials come along, trials bring things up. Jumps moved away, and the true things stay there. Go ahead, Steph. I'm not sure if I'm understanding the question. If something bothers you with someone? No, like, like for example, um, do you always have to think about things inwardly? Like, why is this bothering me? And then you're supposed to be more tolerant? Or can you say, you know what, like, this is bothering Well, I, I, I really, the introspection was part of the fall is the idea of looking at everything that goes on. No, certain, I, I, I believe that we're supposed to go forward Go after the things of the kingdom of God. God brings up things in us and a time to heal them, then we're supposed to get them healed. We're, I don't believe we're supposed to go find them and look them up. I don't believe that's our focus, that I've got to find every perfect thing, because I have to be perfect. You are perfect, only because of the blood of Christ. That's it. You'll never be perfect by trying to do get all those things out of there. You're perfect because he made you perfect. Why did he make you perfect? So you could do his will. And so you wouldn't get hung up with, I've, I fell short here, I fell short there, I sinned here, I sinned there. I'm going to use the right word. Sinned here, I sinned there. They're forgiven. You know what the scripture says? All things are legal, but not all things are beneficial. That means when you mess up and sin, you're not supposed to always continue in sin. Believe me. Hear me loud. I'm not saying you go off and sin. But what I'm saying, it's forgiven. Your sin and the things that you may see, those are forgiven. The things that are bug you, Lord forgives you on it. You forgive Others, you'll get the same forgiveness for yourself. The same measure it says on forgiving, it's the same measure to use to you. And when you look at someone's sin, guess what? It's the same measure you use on them is going to be used on you. Yeah. So, you know, if you look at them as not being this perfect, honest person because of this, that's God's going to look at that's not a perfect, honest person in you. Is that what you're trying to ask? Well, and, and truthfully, we're supposed to overlook one another's sins. That that that's part of of the kingdom. Is just overlooking things. Yeah, who we are. So I think she was asking, what am I supposed to do? And I think you have to know what are you called to. How does God process through you? We all process differently. Some of us process quicker from the front of our brain. Some of us need more time to deeply think about things. So you have to, I think, submit everything to the Lord. That, if I understood what you were asking. Yeah, and, and I agree with you completely on that. The, the only thing I would just I add to it is don't make yourself the focus of trying all the bad things in with you because that's not the issue. And when the enemy attacks you, what he's going to say is that you're not good enough, smart enough, good-looking enough, wise enough, uh, sinless enough. Uh, uh, you've heard those things, haven't you? Those are attacks from the enemy. Those are condemnations. They're, they're, not, uh, they're not, you know, 
move here, change this, look at this. They're condemnations. They come from the enemy. The enemy is going to attack you. Why does he attack you like that? Do you, do you know why? Yeah, very much so. But what else? There's the main thing. Is, is if you really figured out that you are really the son of God, totally forgiven and totally favored, nothing will stop you. And why does that matter? It matters a lot to the devil because you will destroy his work. What were we called to do? What's the church supposed to do? Destroy the works of the enemy. What, what, what about the violent taken by force? Amen. And what about the, what about, what about the uh, gates of hell will not prevail against what? The church? We're it. We're what we're God is using to do that, to destroy the works of the enemy. That's our job. If we don't know who we are and we don't believe who we are, if we think that we sinned, I remember, this is on a sketch. I remember when I was younger and I first started prophesying. I used to prophesy all the time. I don't know why he doesn't use me here to do that. But I remember when I had this word, and it was just the night before I committed a big sin. I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was a big sin. I felt so unworthy. And God made me go give a word. I was really bugged. I mean, I, I felt so unworthy. I can't do this. I can't do this. I said, do it. So I went and did it. And God showed me, it's not about your sin. It's about my kingdom. It's about me. It's about me, not about you. It is about him and not about you. It's not about what you aren't. It's about who he is. When I'm weak, he's strong. That's the thing. In our weakness, one of the scriptures there says, you know, turn the weakness into strength. That's what it means. It turns the weakness into strength. There is nothing you can do to be more favored by God than you're doing right now. He loves you as much. There's no things. If it was something else, then it would be a works. If you take Romans and you talk to things about works and it talks about the law, the law, if you take out the word law and put works, because the law is works to attain righteousness or a relationship with God. So you can take that out and you talk about it. It says if you try to attain it by what you do, you're cut off. If you try to obtain who you are with God by how the things you've done with, uh, you know, how well you've acted or how good uh, your life has been, you're cut off. And also, if you try to look at the person that's not even saved, nevertheless the one that's saved, by those same means, you're, you can't get away with it. You cannot get away and look at the world and say, you're a sinner. Look at your sin. Uh-uh. Because the moment you do it, you judge them by that. What? Same measure used to others be used to you, and it means in and out of the church. So your, your business and your job is not to go tell somebody they're a sinner. Your job is to tell them about the king of kings and his kingdom and his rule and reign in your life. Because remember, it's rule and reign in your life, too. It's the rule and reign of God in your life. So when you're saying faith, it's faith in the rule and reign of God in your life, and you're doing it. So anyway, I think... Oh. Um. I just wish I could have been on that conversation. You know how, like, on the money that we have, our currency? Uh-huh. If you think about how strong that was and God we trust. Even it wasn't about the almighty buck. It was what God, we're going to trust God to do with this currency in the way that we move. Yeah. You know what I mean? And trust so, uh, yeah, it's like, and they want to take it away from us. They want to take that off the, uh-huh. the, 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 the currency. But you see what I'm saying? That's a stamp that our forefathers must have believed. In God we trust that... Well, I'm not sure. I just came in. Yeah, it actually came quite a bit after our early forefathers. I think it's, uh, I forget what year it came in. But, but it was all the way through the Constitution. 
the creator, the creator, 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 which is part of how I got in trouble with these progressives. <laughs> I call myself a traditionalist. Traditionalist has a lot of different meanings I didn't realize. I looked at traditionalist, meaning the traditional values of our country. They had a problem with that because our, so uh, though, <laughs> well, I mean, they're not going to look at it that way. See, they looked at some of the sins of some of our forefathers. The Constitution put all men, you know, had the preamble and all the different things saying that we're all created equal and all that stuff, but they didn't fall through with that always. They put slavery in there, and it took a long time to get rid of slavery. So when I say I'm a traditionalist and believe in the Constitution and things such as that, didn't even mention the stuff about God, that meant to them, to a person who was so angry and bitter that and filled with hate, I actually did reply to him and say that, you know, that you, you know, the, you are doing exactly what the people, because he was trying to oppress me by his words, by the only power you have available, you're trying to oppress me, you become what you hate, which is what happens, isn't it? You become what you hate, what you focus on. If you don't like your parents, let me give you another one. If you don't like your parents, and I hate my parents, I hate my parents, I hate my parents, guess what you're going to grow up like? Your parents. It's bad news for you. You know, if you if you hate anybody, I don't like anything. That's your focus. You're gonna end up just like them. Don't make that your focus. You know, this guy, his focus was, you know, hating what had happened uh, through the years. I mean, there's a great reason for the. I'm sure they can't even go into how much bad has happened to the black race, also the First Nations people. My point, which I didn't make, them every nation, every every nationality of the world has been enslaved at one time or another. All of them. Look at who we follow. Christ, his people were enslaved for 300 years and then gassed in the gas chamber. I mean, you know, maybe bad. The slide here depends on the God of Mammon, which I was trying to say about God we trust. But the, the money, the God of Mammon, that's what people have faith in, is the, the finance, the, the, you know, the, the money that's made in this place. And that's what's got a stronghold on these peop- people. Does. I mean, there's a lot of people here that make that are millionaires that, that as long as they believe in God, then there's a, that's beautiful. But that's what this, this place is not all about because of the industry. But um, that's why I'm saying in the, on the money and God we trust. But if you don't really trust God, you just want that buck, that, the, the arm of flesh which is ruled by Satan has you. It does. And then, but it's also so much more subtle. So often, you know, it's about getting money for the kingdom. And that gets really confusion for the people. It's, it's that same thing touch, touch in the knowledge of good and evil. It's try to be like or do the things of God in your own timing and your own strength. If we really believe that God has all things under control, all things under control, I, don't, I can't say 100% I always feel that's accurate. But it, I, I, the scripture says it is. I, why does this happen to this person, that person, that person? Why doesn't this go on? I mean, there's so many whys. But I have to sit there. I can't think about those little things. That's why faith is the overall thing of the kingdom. You know, and he'll show me later. Things I don't I have no ability to understand. As you're saying that, part of my thought of that is we tend to think of that scripture, I think, as God's sovereignty when we're Christ on earth. So all things are going to be as under control as the church occupies territory here on earth. Very good. We just keep yielding it well, God sovereignly should do things. That's why most unbelievers think, well, you know. Why is this happening? Why does God allow suffering? Why does Because God put the keys to the kingdom in the church's hand. He's not up there, we're little children, 
waiting for God to do something big. We're supposed to occupy the territory, and we can only do that as we mature. God uses the suffering process to let us find him, find our place in him. You know, the gift I, the gift makes room for you. Mm-hmm. So that includes money. Mm-hmm. If you're supposed to do stuff for the kingdom, God's going to see to it that you have the resources necessary because mm-hmm. your gift will make room for you. But as we know, by things we've seen, especially in the charismatic church, the character is not equal to many of the gifts and mantles that are out there, and they wind up going wild and crazy. Yes. So uh, we're more dazzled by the sequence of the gift than we are the substance of the character and people in the maturity. And if you don't have maturity, you're not going to be able to go be song and two. No, you, you have to have that character to carry that stuff out. It's... it's uh, you know, and it's another thing that on the same thing is this: the idea that that we've came to is that, and I'm sorry, girl, we're going to get done real quick. This, the idea we've came to that uh, uh, the, this heresy, I think it's in the last hundred years, I believe it's a heresy, that okay, that God's going to come and we're all sitting waiting for Kumbaya to be raptured. You know, that we're just going to sit here and God's going to take us out of here. That is that is in the scriptures early. They didn't believe that early on. I know that. I don't know when about. I think it's about 100 years ago they got that thing on. And what a good trick it was because that meant everybody could, it was comfortable to listen to, but that meant you could sit on your butt and do nothing. And it was really worked well for the enemy because nobody's ever going to do any fight. I mean, if, if the Lord's going to come do it all, why am I going to sit there and, and get, take on uh, the enemy? Why am, I going to, why, am I going to, why am I going to work this field? Why am I going to break through this stuff? Why? If he's just going to drop in and do it. But he's not going to just drop in and do it. He's going to use us to do it. So, anyway. Bless you guys. Father, I ask for your uh, presence and your protection on the word today. I ask that, again, that what's of you would be cemented in their hearts, that people would struggle with the stuff that have a struggle with it, would work the way through it, would not have to make a decision, yes or no on it, that they'd be able to allow it to rest on that shelf of maybe I don't know on this and allow you to make it solid in their heart what's the truth. Father, I ask that you just guard uh, them that the enemy does not steal it out. I ask that you guard them that they do not get upset with me, the message giver, <laughs> uh, because of the message. Father, I ask that they would have forbearance, uh, which means put off immediate judgment for a later time, for me and, uh, and for the word of God, Father. And I ask that you would seal the real word into their hearts, Father, and that it would take root and that it would become that seed that's smallest of all seeds to be the greatest of all things. A process that has to happen over time, Father. I ask for that, Father. In your holy name we pray. Amen. All right. Who needs prayer? Come on up. I'm actually going to start, I, I think maybe next week, since we're right on faith, I'm going to start the healing. Because just in the same sense, I believe God's nature is to heal. Period. Is there ever times he doesn't? Yes. Is there times he says it's not time? Yes. But I think we need to learn to know the difference. And so we're going to, I'm going to start teaching about uh, the basic thing about healing. And we'll, we'll practice. So bring your sick friends and we'll pray for them. As a matter of fact, I'll get them to pray for them. That will really make them crazy. All right, so any prayer, come on forward. Bless you.